Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Shrews Views, the Shropshire Stars Shrewsbury Town podcast. My name is Johnny Drury. As always, I'm alongside Ollie Westbury, yet again, a well-travelled Ollie Westbury this week. Carlisle, London, uh, Forest Green, wherever in the world Forest Green is, Stroudway, somewhere down that Gloucestershire. way. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. There we go. Or as, there we go. as the Gloucestershireans would call it, they'd call it Glosser. 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 Is that how they call it, is it? Anyway, you've, you've done plenty of miles anyway, Ol. How are you this week? Burnt out. I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I think I'm in. I think I'm delirious. I'm tired. Yeah. But no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm loving it. I want to be a sports reporter, so I want to go and watch sports. So it's good. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've, you've, you've been plenty of places, done plenty of miles this week. Not picked up. Well, Salop haven't picked up the points that or the points or the wins that they would have hoped to. And um, we're going to go all go over all that. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk Carlisle um, from last weekend. Uh, we'll we reflect on the... Unfortunately, we do. Unfortunately, we do. We'll reflect on the the end of the transfer window, um, which has happened since the last time we uh, we brought you a podcast, and we'll talk about the uh, hugely disappointing EFL Cup defeat at Forest Green in midweek. We'll start with Carlisle first. Um, oh, a long trek... Up to uh, to Carlisle, it always feels better coming back the other way with a point or three. But Salop ended up with uh, with nothing. What was your what was your assessment? Uh, you know, I've read over your, your sort of analysis and that. What reflected now, almost uh, you know, almost a week on, really. What was your reflections on that? What what was missing up there in the uh, the far flung north? Cumbria. Um. What was missing? Well, a goal. A goal, yeah. There's two. The obvious. Um, what was missing? I thought Shrewsbury started the game okay. Um, and perhaps on the front foot. Then Carlisle came into it in the first half without really threatening. And it kind of petered out to end up being a half with very little clear-cut opportunities to score a goal. Um, it's a difficult one because, yeah, uh, it felt like there was two two, side, two, two, two teams not at their best in that first yeah. half. I thought Carlisle started the, the second half the better of the two sides. They were clearly with the team that was pushing for a goal. Their opener... And I say this, I was talking to somebody about this this morning, but goals change the complexion and the feel about a game, don't they? If that game had have finished nil-nil, would we have had the the kind of, I don't know, the reaction that there has been to it if it would have felt, if it would have finished nil-nil? The first goal was a fluke. It's a corner that's come in and it's hit Bayliss and gone in. Um, you know, it, it, it's... Could have been defended better by town, no, no doubt. But, but, but it was, it was a fluke. And uh, obviously, the second goal was only because Shrewsbury were throwing out the kitchen sink at it to try and get an equaliser. Um, the concerning factor for me would be similar to what the manager said: is that at no stage did they ever really look like getting back into it. They went one nil down, and probably after that. The goal goals give confidence and they give momentum, don't they? And I think the goal kind of galvanised uh, Carlisle to the point where they hit the post, uh, to the point where they really managed that game with no real major difficulty at all, I would argue. So, yeah, I town huffed, huffed and puffed, but 
you know, there was there was very, very, very little in that final third that kind of, at no point did you think there's a goal coming here, they're banging on the door, they're getting close, they're missing opportunities, they're getting into dangerous positions. It just kind of felt like Carlisle always kept them at arm's length. Um, so I suppose that those, that, that they are my reflections. I don't think there was an awful lot in, in it in terms of, I don't think they were that great either, in fairness. They were probably better after the break than town, but without, they hit the post, but like I say, they didn't particularly, it wasn't wave after wave of Carlisle attacks um, and Shrewsbury kind of hanging on by the skin of their teeth, even though Carlisle probably were slightly better. In what I would say was a quite intimidating atmosphere. Uh, obviously, the fans got really stuck into Morgan Feeney, uh, obviously on his return, kind of galvanised by the manager's comments, um, which is quite uh, interesting. From, from yeah, it seems to be a bit of, I've seen, I've seen a few clips, seem to be a little bit of, not maybe not handbags, but a little bit of a, a little bit yeah. of needle towards the end of the game, after the game. Yeah, I think Morgan Feeney, I think Morgan Feeney, from my understanding, <laughs> I imagine he's pretty, um, uh, he was asked about the comments made by Paul Simpson in, in, in the first interview and he, he had at the club and he played them down and was very, very professional about it. And he dealt with them all pretty well. And I imagine it must be pretty difficult because obviously there's two sides to every story, aren't there? Uh, and, you know, he's never kind of crossed the line of like twit tailing and saying this happened and blah, blah, blah. And this happened. But obviously Paul Simpson has controlled the narrative in the media to make it sound as though, you know, Morgan Feeney couldn't be bothered to answer the phone to him and uh, and to have a conversation with him, which uh, I'm led to believe that that's not the case from Morgan Feeney's perspective. Um, so you can understand why you'd get rattled by that. Mm. I really can understand it if someone's just, you know, and that and that's kind of he got do- he got dogs abuse. You know, the fans absolutely thrived every time and loved it when he lost the ball and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was very unnecessary. Um, and then the manager obviously just loved to gloat but about his reaction after the team had won on on Saturday. It, it, it felt like he played the situation well, did, did, did the Carlisle manager, to the point where he's obviously made probably a, the Shrewsbury Town's visit to Carlisle, which is that you don't look at and think, oh, like it's going to be, you know, a, a game where the Carlisle fans are turning up thinking, oh, OK, we've got... We've got an absolutely massive game coming turning up this weekend. Just probably put a bit more of an edge on on it by I think his words were we need to make it horrible for our former players. Because obviously Ryan Bowman's a former Carlisle United player yeah. as well. So so yeah, it was very unnecessary, I felt. Very unnecessary. Yeah, it was um yeah, strange to see how it played out. It's interesting, you you know, you talk there about starting well in that game and, and you know, we'll come on to Forest Green in a bit, but the the stat that you put out, um, I think it was yesterday sort of was quite interesting. Ten of the 11 goals conceded have come after half-time, but four and five that they've scored have been in the in the first half. Um, it's hard to put your finger on that, isn't it? Is it maybe either, I'm not too sure, sort of fitness, mentality, um, you know, that is, that's that, you know, out of context is quite concerning, really, because it shows that as the game wears on, Salah are looking less threatening and more vulnerable. Yeah, I don't know whether at what stage is the sample size big enough to know that it's definitely yeah, a problem. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That that that's my query. Six games, 
six games in, could it just be a coincidence? I think we could still be at the point where it's just a coincidence. Um, I think obviously they've made, they've got reinforcements in. And so I think at the start of the season, I think they were basically playing three games a week with the same players. So, you know, when you get to, especially with the added minutes that we've had as well, you know, probably playing 10 minutes longer, you know, with the likes of Bowman and Udo, you know, playing pretty much, you know, all the game. But I, I, I feel as though it, it, it's, and then as we've developed, Max Matter and Kieran Phillips have come in, but they're not, they're not quite where they need to be fitness wise yet. So I don't, God's honest truth is I don't know whether it's something that we need to read into at this stage, whether it is that concerning a factor or whether it is just a coincidence. Um, I seem to remember a couple of other clubs on our patch have had similar kind of like slightly bizarre um, stats like that. I remember there was one club that was it was it West Brom that kept conceding goals in like the first 15 minutes of games and did it yeah, like 10 yeah. times on the trot. You know, I find it similar here, you know. It seems to be, it seems almost like bizarre to, you know, not only are they conceding all the goals in the second half, they're not scoring any either, are they? With just just the goal, the one goal scored in after half time being the goal that Bowman scored against Cheltenham. Um, and the games are following a similar pattern. It's not like they're scoring loads, um, they're not scoring, but they're having lots of opportunities. It's kind of, well, they're not scoring and they don't look like scoring either. Um, which would perhaps be a concern because um, you would have thought that the more the game gets stretched, the easier it is to kind of to 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 kind of look threatening. You would have thought as that you know as teams kind of you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah, was it always going to be? Do you think it was? It's always going to take that little bit of extra time. You know, we had the upheaval of earlier in the summer. Um, you know, there's been a lot of new faces come in as. You know, as they generally tend to be at a club like Shrewsbury, where players are either on, you know, they do utilise the loan market a lot, which means there's a turnover of players and um, one-year contracts at this level as well. But is it there was gonna there's gonna need to be a little bit more patience this time because of as we said, change of manager, manager who's been here sort of what was it two and a half three years prior to Taylor and, and Steve Cottrell, um, and the fact that you've got, you know, it sounds from what. Matt Taylor said people like Max Matter and Kieran Phillips are going to be big players for Shrewsbury. You know, they're obviously not fit at the moment. Have come, you know, in Phillips's case, later in the window. Matter, you know, has had sort of a, a small injury issue and then obviously all that stuff with his with his visa. Um, and then two additions on on deadline day. Is, it, is there going to be a need for just that little bit more patience? Yeah, yeah I, I, well, I think that's the only thing that's the only thing that we can kind of cling on to as a sense of hope at the moment that, you know, things will get better as you know, Taylor and his coaching staff kind of keep reinforcing the message, keep kind of telling the players and, and, and trying to get their principles across. That's what we've got to kind of hope is he's going to get across over the coming weeks and months. He's now got his squad. His squad. I asked him about that actually post Carlisle or Forest Green, that the fact that it's the first time now that he's got the squad and, and he can just work and coach that squad. He hasn't got to worry about you know, preparing for a game at Carlisle, bearing in mind, you know, he's got Brandon Fleming at, added to the squad on 
Friday evening. So he's somebody else who they've now got to kind of try and get a lot of information into in a short period of time. There's been other games where that's been the case, where they've kind of probably spent all week doing the prep and then they've signed a player on a Thursday or a Friday and then suddenly they're throwing them into the to the lion's den almost as as they're straight involved in the team. Whereas now he's got his players, he's got the squad and he's got to work with them now. He's got to work with them to try and get the best out of them. Um, and that's, yeah, that that's that's where... That's where he's at, and hopefully he can he can he can find a way of doing that. Yeah, you mentioned there about Carlisle. Obviously, you know, lack of sort of chances um, later in the game. You know, Forest Green Tuesday night obviously ended in a three 0 defeat. Disappointing in a competition which Taylor wants to take seriously this year. Um, but on the flip side of that, not creating chances. From what I've read, they had, I think they had twenty five attempts all in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's just a. It was very much a you know a big stark case. If you don't take chances, you don't you'll get punished, and, and Forest Green certainly punished them. There is there is a narrative around around that. There is a narrative around the fact that they had twenty five shots, eleven of which were on target, and that is certainly true. And they were certainly the better side in the first half. There's no doubt about it. They were miles better than Forest Green, and they had one shot, one defensive lapse of concentration. And suddenly, Forest Green were winning one nil. What I would say about that is how much can we read into the 25 shots on target, 25 shots, 11 of which are on target, and how much of it are because they're playing an 18th place League Two side who have made eight changes and have 16-year-olds and 15-year-olds on the bench. Um, so I don't want to sound too negative, but you know you must caveat it with that because although Shrewsbury made eight changes, they were arguably still pretty strong. You know, Dunkley was still playing. Tom Flanagan is still playing. These are first team. These are senior first team players. Flanagan played a lot of games last year. Dunkley started every single game. Finnegan, who we expect to be involved, made his first start. Fleming, who we probably expect to play ahead of Mal Benning, made his start first start. You know, Max Matter came in for his first start to play alongside Dan Udo, with Taylor Perry also playing. You know, there's probably only a couple of players that you that played on in that game that you you don't expect to pl- have a big impact on a Saturday this season, and that's probably Tamisi Sabawale and Jason Schreyer. They're they probably and, and, and Harry Burgoyne, but I thought Harry Burgoyne did pretty well in goal. Um, they're they're the three players really that I look at. Obviously, Elliot Bennett as well. So four players that I look at and don't and think they're not probably going to be starters. But the others could all could all. It wouldn't surprise me if the the, the other the other players in that team all start um, against Bristol Rovers in a week's time or just over a week's time. So I don't think we can. I think we've got to be careful saying, "Oh, 25 shots, 25 shots, 11 on target." But but actually, I'd expect them to do that. They're a League One side playing against a, a League Two side who's who, who's made a lot of changes. So it's it's a difficult. It's a difficult one. And at the end of the day, you can have as many shots as you like. But if you don't put the ball in the net, you don't, the only stat that actually matters is what the score is at full time. And that is something that perhaps, you know, you can't criticise the performance at Fleetwood but and, and say, we didn't play well, but we won 1-0. So, you know, that's all great. And, and then do the opposite, you know, when Shrewsbury, you know, have lots of chances, but lose 3-0. Um, against Forest Green because it's the same thing it's just the results the results kind of flipped over hasn't it it's gone yeah. from being you know Shrewsbury played poorly but got points to Shrewsbury played okay and created lots of chances and um, 
but and, and lost three 0 But but what I would say is that I mean what what concerned me the most was how Forest Green cut them open in the second half at times. I mean it could have been more. Shrewsbury could have scored three, but Forest Green could have scored another couple. You know they went they went really close on certain occasions. The third goal was a screamer, but they went close as well. So. I don't know. I thought it was a very concerning evening. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I thought it was very concerning. Yeah, the fact that you know they got sort of rolled over a little bit there, you know, cut through them. Is it just talking about sort of leaders and stuff? You know, we 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 spoke a lot last season when Steve Cotter was the manager. You know, and largely that in terms of senior players, a lot of them you know remain the same. I'm just looking at the lineup from the other night. Um, you know, Flanagan, Dunkley, um, Bennett, Udo. You know, Fleming's experienced at championship level and EFL level. You know, is there a case of not a soft underbelly, but just that's what makes me maybe make the point about sort of mentality thing earlier. Is there a case of not rolling over and having your belly tickled? But is that, do you get what I'm saying? Is, it, is that maybe a little bit of an issue, especially like you say, it's concerning against a side like Forest Green who made multiple changes. I think they read they, play, they give a 15 year old a debut the other night. Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah. Um, you know, is that worrying that it was just so, you know, that they rolled out, seemingly rolled over quite quickly against a side like this? Yeah, I mean, it it, it is worrying. I, I don't know whether we can be accusing the players of not leading well enough at this early stage, no. six games in. I mean, it was, it was a disappointing night. I mean, it was summed up by the Ryan Bowman penalty miss uh, right at the end. As soon as he picked that ball up, you thought he was going to miss. It just felt like one of those nights where, it just wasn't going to go. It wasn't going to go Town's way, no matter what they did by hook or by crook. It just felt like he's going to miss this. Um, I think I said to the person I was sitting next to, I said, "I don't think he's going to score this," um, just because of, of obviously the way that, that the evening had gone. So I don't know, leaders, leaders. I think it's a difficult one. I think it's, it's and it's something I'm perhaps not yet ready to to criticize them on too much because i feel as though there are there are leaders in that group there are big personalities and there are people that lead by example you know shay donkley's a leader isn't he in his own right there's lots of good leaders and there's lots of experienced players in there you know i just think at the moment they're just not particularly playing that well and they kind of need to sort it out sharpish yeah just finally one other point i want to talk about before we move on to um just reflect on deadline day and and so looking forward to the weekend's game, but we'll look forward to the the non-game at the weekend. Um, I've seen a lot of sort of talk, you know, amongst our fans just scanning through sort of their um, their take on social media on different various posts. Um, and I keep seeing this word identity, you know, sort lack identity. I personally I hate the phrase in football identity because there is more than one way to skin a cat. You know, teams should be able to adapt to different different ways of playing but it seems that Salah fans are concerned by this there isn't sort of a, a clear sort of style of what Salah are looking to do this time now I know that when Matt Taylor was unveiled as Shrewsbury manager he, he reflected on you know things he'd learned from his Walsall days now I watched his side a couple of times at Walsall and they very much wanted to play out from the back and you know play that type of football which they came unstuck in League Two in the end and you know he, he sort of hinted that he was going to be a bit more pragmatic and, and horses for courses at Shrewsbury. What's your take on on that, Ol? Have you are you of the same thinking? You haven't seen any sort of clear sign of style or that word identity. 
I think when they don't play well, I think it's hard to see that, isn't it? Because yeah. they're not playing very well, are they? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's identity. Identity is probably the way to sum it up. But I suppose sometimes the way I look at it is you look at the team and do you, when you watch them, do you look at them and do you feel like you can see what they're trying to do? Can, can you see the way they're trying to play the game? And sometimes it won't work. But you can still see that there's a way in which they're being coached and if they're being instructed. Um, and OK, sometimes it won't work, but you, you can really see that there's a there's a clear DNA running through, you know, with, I don't know, a head coach's um, fingerprints all over it. I suppose that's and probably at this moment in time, we, we, we haven't quite seen that yet from Shrewsbury Town. Having said that. We're six games in and there have been some good moments. There's been, there've probably been few and far between, but there have been some positive moments. Yeah. There were, there were moments in games against a team like Leeds where you could really see what they were trying to do. Um, I am relu- reluctant to, I mean, social media, we've talked about this before. Social media is a cesspit and I be- believe it or not. Yeah. The person who said this, the former Shrewsbury Town manager, I spoke to to, to, to Steve Cottrell after after he he left Shrewsbury, and, and we had a conversation for a good couple of hours on the phone. And he said to me that on social media, I will never be as good as they say I am when I when we're doing well, and I will never and I am never as bad as they say I am mm. when we're doing bad, because it's just from one. Ex- and that he said that to me. Um, and I've taken that with me everywhere. So by Steve Cottrell's logic, Shrewsbury aren't as bad as the way the fans are making them out to be at the moment by that logic. Don't get me wrong, they aren't good. They're not, they're not playing that well at the moment, but they're still in a fairly healthy league position and it's still really early days. Now, if it continues, now I think that the concerning thing is... is, is the most concerning thing about it, from my perspective, is it's the signs of what's to come. That if they can't turn it around and they can't pick up the, the performance levels, I suppose, and the creativity, they're going to get on a run that's going to be hard to stop. Because though the performances, like the, the team performance at Fleetwood, if you keep playing like that, it's like if you keep playing well and you keep creating loads and loads of chances, you would hope that at some point that your luck will turn. But at the same time, you're not going to keep playing poorly and getting away with it they did that at Fleetwood and they got away with it but if they keep not quite hitting their best then at some stage you know they're gonna they're gonna come they're gonna come unstuck aren't they so 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 I suppose that's that's the concern Uh, at at this stage it, it, it doesn't really have any bearing on the league one table you know Shrewsbury are sat 14th and a win will quite easily see them a win against Bristol Rovers could quite easily see them get into the top half so um I, I don't it, it, it's the it, it, it's the fact that if you know things are kind of spiraling slightly downwards at the moment and it feels like there's not a lot of negative negative energy around whereas probably if you look at it in a balanced 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 perspective they're not as bad as everybody's making them out to be but I think we would like to see a little bit more from them, especially in front of goal. 
You know, I know they conceded three against Forest Green Rovers, but on the main, they've been okay defensively. Um, you know, they only let in two against Carlisle because they were going pushing hard for a second, and they probably haven't quite defended set pieces as well as they would probably have liked. But in the main, you know, there's not been many teams that that have really looked as though they're going to they they're, they're really absolutely cutting Shrewsbury apart. But having said that, Shrewsbury don't look like that when they go the other way. So I don't think it's quite as bad as the the kind of some of the stuff that we read online, which is, you know, pretty emotional, especially at the time, like straight after games. But I feel as though, you know, things do need to, we need to see some signs of, of progression, I think is what we need to see. We need to see a good performance and we need to see, you know, the fact that Shrewsbury can offer a threat going forward because yeah. that'll be their undoing if they can't offer a threat going forward it'll be goals that's going to cost them it's going to cost them points because they're not just going to go and keep a clean sheet every week because that's just not how it's going to, that's just not going to happen no very good uh, mantra good quote to uh, to carry with you like all does big stevc um, from south for manager um just time for a quick shout out to our our sponsor, the Kettle and Toast Man over in uh, in Briley Hill. Um, some fantastic graded products down there. Um, host of top brands and top products. So get yourself down to kettleandtoastman.co.uk. And thank you again for your continued sponsorship. Um, I'll just want to have a bit of a reflection on deadline day. We've mentioned a few of the few of the names um, that have cropped up since then. Brandon Flynn has come in, as has Ryan Finnegan. Um, what have you made of the signings? I think Finnegan, you said there Finnegan played on Tuesday evening. Um, what did you make of, of his performance? I thought he did okay, actually. I thought he did okay. I thought he looked comfortable on the ball. Um, I thought he, yeah, I thought I thought he did well. I thought he did well. Um, I, I was quite impressed by by Ryan Finnegan, to be fair. Um, so I kind of, from what I saw of him, I'd expect him to play quite a big part uh, in midfield. Uh, Trevor, Trevor, Nohan Kenner had um, a difficult afternoon at Carlisle. Um, his use of the ball was not wasn't probably at its best, and probably not the way that he would like it. Although he does do the the, the ugly side of the game really well, but he kind of really needs to try and improve that that distribution and the way he uses the ball. Um, you know, at uh, one stage he was swapped with Carl Winchester to go out and play at right wing back to kind of give them a little bit more control in that midfield. So that's a position that Finnegan, you know, could come in and do do a good job at. So. Um, and then Brandon Fleming, it was quite hard to see. I thought between him and Jason Schreyer, they were both at fault for the first goal at Forest Green. You know, they kind of a fairly innocuous ball over the top and they've kind of allowed the forward to get in between the two of them. Um, so, you know, I thought that was disappointing. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I thought they were OK. They were OK. Um but it's too early to judge them as of yet. Yeah. Obviously, Travis, Travis Hearns went the other way, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll, we'll we'll touch on Hearns at the end of our conversation. You know, reflecting on the transfer window, you know, what did Sorry. did Matt Matt Taylor say um say much? You know, post sort of Carlisle, obviously, window shot on Friday, played Saturday. You know, what's your opinion on it? Is 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 the squad looking about right, or has he maybe been left one or two light? You know, what's what's he said, and what's your take? Well, we had this argument all last season. Constantly had fans tweeting me saying, um, squad's too small, squad's too small, blah, 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 squad's too small. 
um, we need more players and because it was constantly a debate of quality over quantity wasn't it that was the, that was the discussion that we had for pretty much the whole of last season with people criticizing Steve Cottle for the size of his squad um, but the quality of the players in that squad was quite high now it feels as though we've got a lot more players but would you say they're probably as good as the players that we had last year yeah I don't know and it kind of feels as though yeah we've got a lot more players but are they as good as the ones that we had last season? And I suppose it's like a bit of a be careful what you wish for kind of mantra, isn't it, to a certain degree? You know, yeah, there are, there's a lot more players and there's a lot more depth, but, you know, if the depth doesn't have the quality to it and the players, you know, aren't quite as good as the ones that you had before, then what 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 can you do? You know, they, the, the, the biggest thing is the midfield. They miss Luke Leahy. I think they miss Killian Phillips because they were they were really good footballers and they were they did a really good job at Shrewsbury. And I feel as though that second half of the season they are really, they're, they're missing they're missing those at the moment. I would say. Yeah, just on Travis Hearns, um, you know that deal did go through later on on transfer deadline day. Um, we we don't have figures. Oh, we we did say when we were chatting, we suspect that. Um, it will probably be one of those where Sart will get, you know, probably a decent fee, and I think there's a um, a sell-on fee in there as well. In I all honesty, a, I think there's quite a big fee if he plays a Premier League game. Again, yeah, it's probably what is it one of those where, you know, everyone wants to see him to get into your first team, but given the fact that he he hasn't really played much first team action, Newcastle have come in, it sort of works for all parties almost. And it makes yeah. Shrewsbury look good. You know, Shrewsbury have produced, I know he came to Shrewsbury, I think, from Wolves um, a few years ago, but make, it shows, it's another example of what Shrewsbury could do in their academy. I know there's been a handful over the years, the likes of Ryan Edwards, Conor Goldson, that have gone on to, to bigger and better things. Um, there's, there's a, there'll be a number of others in there that I haven't mentioned, but, you know, just a, a move that, that works for all parties, really. Yeah, I mean, he, he would have been involved. I'm reliably informed that he would have started games before Christmas this season. So, you know, Matt Taylor really rated him. So he would have been involved. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I thought they should have kept him personally. I thought they should have kept him. I feel like he showed some real signs. But actually, if a, a, with a season of League One football or, or, or a big proportion of League One football under his belt, he could have... They could have added an ex. They could, they, yeah, they could have sold him next summer and 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 got even more money for him and even better value for him. But they've chosen to sell him now, haven't they? So that's their prerogative. He's their player. He's their asset. So they can do as they please. Um, so yeah, is it good for both parties? I mean, we, we don't know a lot about Travis Ernst. I had a message off a, a a Newcastle reporter asking me about him, and I said, look, look. You can ask. I can have a phone com- conversation with you and to try and tell you if you want. But I've seen him play forty-five minutes of football, so yeah. I, I don't. I don't know a great deal about him. I just know that the club rated rated him really highly, and obviously so did Newcastle. Because I must admit, I don't even know where Newcastle would have heard of Travis Ernst from. Let alone, yeah. obviously, I know he went up on trial, but they must have had scouts at that Leeds game and thought, you know, see this seventeen-year-old kid's done pretty well given the occasion. Yeah, it's one of them as well, you know. Sign for Newcastle, but he's going straight into the club's, you know, the club's academy. Um, and I'm sure we'll see him at, at some level again in the future. Um, just finally, oh, no game this week. Um, paying to Bolton's international call-ups, I believe. 
Um, given the, you know, the conversation we've had, you know, difficult week in terms of results that Shrewsbury have had, is it probably a little bit of a blessing? You know, Matt Taylor's had, as we said, a couple come in late in the window, still trying to get his ideas across. Um, does it just give him an extra week of, you know, work on the training field, given the relentless schedule of League One? Um, it's probably, whoever wants to play games, but it's probably worked out as it is a little bit of a bonus, really, in the end. Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. What well, I mean, what do you think? Is it but after a defeat like that against Forest Green Rovers, yeah, do you want to get back out them, isn't it? Pitch soon? You always hear I, that. I don't know. Players do you want back no out time on the training ground or do you want to just get back out there straight away and right the wrongs of, you know, the last couple of games? The, the, like I say, the answer to that question, I haven't got the answers for you, I'm afraid. I, I, I don't know what they would have preferred had they been had they had the choice. Um But it does give him that more time, doesn't I, it, I when the signings come in? I wouldn't want to sit and stew on it, I suppose, personally. That's personally in my opinion of what I was doing, what I'd think if I was in that position. But yes, granted, they do have extra time on the training ground, but so do Bristol Rovers because they ain't playing either. So, yeah. you know, it's it's one of them. Um, yeah. The, play, the players have come in, haven't they? So he's got his squad to work with. Obviously, no one can has gone away on international duty, but, you know, we, we just have to wait and see, really, I think, Johnny. Um so, so yeah, um, yeah. just a, just a nod towards that, you know, Bristol Rovers week on week on Saturday. In terms of those that have come in, um, you know, um, you've got Ryan Finnegan there. Do you expect him to be knocking on the door for a, a, a possible start moving into that? Yeah, I think he will start. I think Ryan Finnegan will start. I think they need somebody who can use the ball in central midfield. Um, so I think he will start. I think Max Matter will start as well. Um, this is just my opinion, by the way. Um, I also think that Shrewsbury need to get Carl Winchester back into midfield. Um, I think that would help them. Um, it, yeah, I feel like he's I feel he's done pretty well at right wing back, but I feel like they just it, with him not playing at right wing back, I feel like they just miss him in midfield. Yeah, you know. Uh, they miss his energy. They miss it the way he gets around the pitch, and I just feel like that the, the midfield seems to be the problem um, to me. But obviously, there's not they're not blessed with options at right wing back, are they? Really, with um, what's his name, Elliot Thorpe being out injured. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. We're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. It's um, it'd be interesting to see. All as always, thank you very much for your time. Are you doing anything with your, your Saturday off? You no salad? Are you uh, are you you're gonna be at the crease batting this weekend? You I know am. Your uh, your big cricket connections. Yeah, I am. Uh, promotion push for the Himley lads, and obviously it's uh, our colleagues' wedding, isn't it, on the evening? It is. Old Mister Cox as well. Um, Mister Cox. Excuse me, fans, remember him. Very well. Well, good luck. Uh, good luck on Saturday. Luck. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I'm off to Turkey as well on the night. I'm going to Turkey. Fantastic. Well, enjoy your break. Um, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see you when you're back. Thanks for your time as always. There we go, Salak fans. Back to back defeats heading into this international break. Not the best way to head into um, what is it now? Two weeks, ten days off. But um, there's been some good, some bad so far. Three wins from six. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, and hopefully Matt Taylor's men can kick on when they return it to action um, in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you very much for listening to Shrew's Views. And until next time, goodbye.